This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth gear for all types of weather, all types of terrain, all types of budgets. It's clothing that just works. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. This podcast is about the age-old topic, the most cliche of podcast discussions. If you're talking about going out west and you're talking about gear, obviously we all know it's situational, but we also know it's all about boots. So boots are the number one thing. You got to get them. You got to break them in. But how do you choose them? What works for you? What's necessary? And why do they cost so damn much? All of that we're going to discuss in this podcast with Will Mott from Hanvog Boots. So as always, this podcast, we are giving back to our Patreons. Shout out to our Patreon groups that have been on fire. And this week... We are also, you know, we heard that podcast from Howell. Um, I'm also doing a new podcast uh, episode called The 5-Minute Fix, dropping every Friday, discussing 
tips, tricks, reviews, and rants. And our Patreon group, the Marco Polo group, has just been fueling all of this, uh, kind of talking about all of these different things, rants, uh, all different types of uh, discussion items. So our, our Patreons is, is kind of the way that we kind of fuel this podcast. Uh, it's a great beta testing group. We've been talking a lot about boots. We've been talking about the Western stuff. You know, our Western hunt, as it gets closer to the Patreon hunt, that's always a big, uh, giant topic. But we got to give a shout out to all of our sponsors who give back to our Patreon. So that's one of the things that we require if we're going to work with anybody. Um, you know, we obviously have enough hunting gear. We've got enough stuff. So we need our our sponsors to support the ones that support us. And those are Huntworth, of course. Uh, each quarter they give away uh, a large... Uh, outfit you know we haven't gone through that i'll probably get that taken care of this uh tomorrow um with what's going on what we're giving away and if you want if you'd like to see something given away let us know and there is some big things coming from huntworth here uh this spring but uh huntworth latitude latitude gives us a set of sticks or a platform or you know, whatever saddle. Uh, but the sticks are incredible. I actually have one sitting here next to me. Um, definitely check those out. You can go on to, uh, the website and use code BHC to save 20 or I'm sorry, not 25%, 15%, uh, Spartan Forge, you get 25% off by, uh, using code Bowhunter and that stuff they're they're starting to go into their ai now that's going to be in beta for the people who signed up originally um, as well as the side-by-side stuff um, some really cool uh, online um, on the desktop mapping stuff so definitely if you haven't checked that out go on the desktop and look at their side-by-side stuff they've got right now uh, big shot targets i need to get a hold of them a tree uh, from the last snowfall uh, big giant um Widowmaker fell on my deer target and split it in half. So I got to see about their warranty on that. But you can save uh, 10% by using code BCP uh, with a big shot. Uh, Lucky Buck, Kanadi, Zinger, they all give back something to give away every month. And uh, now you heard me talk about that flambeau bow case, that formula bow case really liking that i'm really looking forward to traveling with that and we're going to give you give away one of those uh or uh one of the flambeau decoys each quarter um working with them they sent us a case we like it and uh we're going to give one to you so uh check that out patreon.com forward slash boner chronicles podcast if you are not in the marco polo group you need to hit me up. I'll get you added to that, um, so you can get part of get into part of these discussions. Um, we got a huge house um, that we're staying at at Tack, and uh, that's going to be really fun. Remember, that is uh, coming up. <laughs> I, I, I want to tell you that the the Michigan sign up is not this Friday. Um, I want to tell you at some other time, but we would love to see you up there. So um, <laughs> this Friday is the sign up for Michigan Tech. But this podcast here, um, with with the uh, Hanvog talking about the boots, uh, is really interesting uh, as far as uh, the topic goes. So you guys are really going to enjoy this. If you've ever wondered about, you know, why are these boots so, so expensive? What's so important? What do we need to do uh, to break them in to try them out? What are the different fits? Um, this podcast is for you. Um, as always, thanks for listening. And 
episode. All right, everybody. Adam back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. And uh, as we continue to move west, and uh, we're doing the Montana bear hunt, where uh, I'm actually going to Colorado now. I don't know if I mentioned that on the last podcast, but um, yeah. So that's been an evolution here. Headed out uh, to hunt Colorado again, uh, public land this time, no outfitter. Um, kind of the same deal I did a few years back. Um, but every time we do this, we kind of go back into diving with gear and all that. And on every single podcast that, uh, about the flatlanders going west, the cliche is boots. You got to have good boots. That's our number one piece of gear. Um, and we're going to try and tackle that question today as far as like how to choose a boot. What do you do? What do you look for in a boot? All that. And we have the resident expert, Will Mott from Hanvog Boots. And you're like, Hanvog, I've never heard of these boots. But as a Midwesterner, um, you know, maybe if you're, you know, lucky enough to have been in one of the stores out West, you'd see, oh, those are those, those hand wag boots as, as the Midwestern would probably, uh, uh, translate that. But, um, they had a booth right next to uh, Latitude at ATA, so we got to to talk quite a bit with Will here, and uh, we've got Will Mott from Hanvog to kind of go through boots for us today. So, how you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well, man. I, you know, handwag. That's kind of uh, that's a that's a normal translation here in the U.S. So it might not just be exclusive. It's probably not exclusive just to Midwesterners. You know, we say it out in Colorado as well. So, okay. yeah. So, so yeah. Say we've got you on here to 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 set us all straight, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, dude, I, I love that you said Han Vog. That's that's the that's the proper pronunciation of the brand. So you know, kudos to you. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm doing my research, that's that's part of my job, right? It's like I gotta I gotta dive in and make sure I I kind of at least sound like I know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. Some people don't. <laughs> so um, from that. You know, you're you're at ATA at like the archery trade show in the hunting industry. Um, how did you come to this place here with uh, with the company? Man, I mean, you know, my I never I never thought that I would end up at an archery trade like a trade show. I I, I it was um, you know I, I when I started getting into sporting goods, outdoor gear, footwear, et cetera. I, I came from the rock climbing industry. So, you know, I started as a, as a rock climbing rep, um, in Texas and then, you know, worked for, uh, some rock climbing shoe brands, some gear brands, selling gear to climbing shops and climbing gyms. And then, you know, I, I go into, I moved to Colorado about eight years ago and same, same job, you know, working for some rock climbing brands. And then I'd say about like a year and a half, almost two years ago. Now I, uh, I joined, I, I, I joined Hanvog and, um, you know, I became the, the national sales manager and, you know, I always, I always knew Han Hanvog as, you know, the Alpine boots, the mountaineering boots, you know, they used to make climbing shoes back in the day. And I, I kind of knew the story there. And then, um, you know, shortly after I started working for the, for the brand, you know, I realized that there was a, a cult following in hunting, 
and um, bow hunting in particular. And, you know, that motivated us to, to participate in, in like in the, in TAC and, um, you know, Western Hunt Expo and ATA. And so that, that this past time when, when, when you and I met for the first time was, uh, my second time ever at, at ATA and yeah, man, it, it was, it was awesome. You meet a lot of really cool people and I think the community is, is really cool. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, it was a pretty awesome show. I met a lot of good people. So how did you get into the footwear rock climbing industry? Like what is your background? Well, you know, so I, I've been climbing, I've been rock climbing for about uh, 13, 14 years. Um, I started out, you know, climbing in gyms and, you know, I think, I think somewhere is <laughs> actually, yes, yeah, so, somewhere along the line, I, I was outside, I was outside climbing in, uh, in a place in Austin, Texas called the green belt. And, um, I was with, I was with some friends and I ran into, I was climbing next to a guy that was, he was like super old school and it was kind of funny. He was like, he had like blonde hair, you know, and like had like these goofy, like surf sunglasses on and I don't know, I was climbing with him and we just started kind of talking back and forth. And then, you know, he, uh, he had some weird, like the brand was called mad rock and it was like the climbing shoe brand. And I was like, I've never seen shoes like that. Those are so ridiculous. Those are silly looking, you know, like I'm like traditional climbing shoes, whatever. He's like, oh, I, I work for Mad Rock. And I just asked him, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, how did you, how did you do that? Like, I was like, how did you, you always hear like these brands, you know, and you're, you never hear of like how you even get in. And so this guy was like working for a climbing brand. I'm like, how did you how did you do that? Like, how did you, how did you get that job? And you gave me his business card. And, you know, I, I think about, I don't know, like a couple of weeks later, I hit him up. I met him at a coffee shop and him and I just started talking and years down the road, I ended up working for him and he taught me how to be a sales rep. And, you know, I was started kind of from the ground up, just doing shoe demos and working for him. And he kind of, he taught me a lot, actually. He's a funny guy. That guy's actually kind of a legend, actually. His name's Todd Weatherill. He was a pro wakeboarder. He was like the original announcer of the X Games. Yeah. I'll have to tell him I'm talking about him, but yeah. <laughs> cool guy. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it with repping. And then, you know, kind of once you get into the industry, it's it's easy to it's it's easy to stay in the industry. You know, you go to these trade shows, you hang out with people, you meet people from other brands, you realize that like Dude, it's like any brand you think of, there's so many people that bounce back and forth. I mean, you know, you have a friend that worked for, you know, Salewa or whatever. And then all of a sudden, years down the road, they're VP of sales at Black Diamond. This is not, this is a, an example. This isn't a real human being I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, it's so, it's, um, yeah. So, in that idea, like from, from your perspective, um, it's it's interesting because I, like I I um, told Will beforehand like I kind of pulled some of the Patreons and said hey what are the the questions that you want to hear you know answered and they said well maybe he won't answer this one but um, we can kind of you know use this context and we won't use any names or anything like that but so how do you see 
like uh, guys like that, because we all hear or see that, you know, in whether it's like saddle hunting or, um, you know, bow, this guy shoots for this bow brand. It's the greatest bow brand ever. And then he works for this one and we think it's now money, you know, it's just, they're just paying him more money or whatever. So for you, when it comes to like an influencer type side, you know, we look at people as, you know, just that, if they're giving us the, their opinion and saying, okay, these are great. Or maybe I help design these boots with Hanvog. And then now I work for your competitor now. And the competitor <laughs> boots are, are great. Um, in, in your space, even from like the rep side, you know, you're going out selling these boots saying that these are great boots, or is it just like the same money conversation where you can get a better margin on our boots than those boots? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question, to be honest with you. I mean, seriously, because like the thing is, is you see that all the time. You see people that they they hop between brands and brands and, you know, they'll, 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 you know, pitch you on one brand and then all of a sudden they're working for the direct competitor and they're like, I know I said a lot of really good stuff about this brand, but this is the real deal. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. And thankfully, thankfully in my career, I haven't had that happen because I kind of went from climbing shoes to apparel, then to footwear. So, so, I, uh, I have not, you know, I have, I have not had that happen to me. Um, and uh, you know, I think I, th you know, cause at the end of the day, you know, it's a business and it's sales. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, how do I, how do I phrase this? So it's, it's sales, but at the same time you have to be motivated. And I, for one, I could never work for a brand or a company. I could never sell a product that I didn't believe in. Uh, it's, it's a hard, you know, it, that's, I think that's the struggle with, I think what a lot of people face. And thankfully I, I haven't had to face that, you know, like I've been very fortunate with every brand that I've ever worked for worked with. I've always, you know, been a fan of, you know, prior to, so, you know, and, and I, I think that also is kind of what dictates, you know, why I choose to work where I work, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the outdoor, you know, hunt industry, you know, I'm not in this to be a millionaire, you know, if I was, if I was chasing money, I'd sell, you know, software or, you know, <laughs> gas and oil product. I have no idea, but you know, you, I, I gotta be, for me, I, I, I gotta be psyched on, you know, what I'm doing. Um, I, I, you know, I, I never really thought I'd, I'd go into sales. I just, you know, I, I'm not talented enough to be a product designer. I wish I was, that's kind of what I would want to be, I guess. But, uh, that just seems like the, the sexy job at least, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I know. I, and, and, yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer because I haven't experienced it personally, but yeah, I, I, I think, well, and I think, you know, you see it, you see a good example with folks that, that stick with, with companies and brands for a long time too. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's two ends of the spectrum, right? There's the people that, that chase the money and they've got a new sponsor, a new partner or a new 
company that they're doing every so many years or every other year or and then you see the people that kind of you know they're around you know and they're really invested in kind of making a name for the brand and and uh and you know they're they're inspired by the story and you know but obviously on that same note like things do happen you know it's like you know it's it's tough out there economy wise so yeah people yeah people get laid off they lose their jobs you know that's out of anyone's control so yeah and you know we talked about about this a little bit at ata you know where you know you guys uh, hanvog in particular had you know some of the youtube influencers and stuff like that and then it just swapped you know and 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 we were talking about who's um you know kind of repping the brand and and that sort of stuff and so for you what was your draw because you said you are you like to work for companies that you're like a fan of the product and and the story and all of that so kind of like what is the story of Hanvog and you know what made you kind of gravitate towards them there i mean the thing is is Hanwag is kind of anti anti mass production you know Hanwag is not you know it's it's and i i switch between Hanwag and Hanbog so forgive me but uh um we're i mean we're anti mass production i mean we you know a lot of the reasons why you don't and a lot of people don't have never really heard of us is because our presence is small and the reason our presence is small is because we refuse to mass produce our boots we produce we refuse to take our take our factories or outsource outsource labor outsource factories i mean all of our boots are still made in europe all of our boots are still made in the you know at least a a large percentage are still in the village that we started in and then the other one is a, a, a factory that we own we've owned for 30 years in in croatia so i mean you know, our operation is, is small and, you know, quality was always key. Quality was always the main focus, you know, and, and it's, you know, cause you, you start a brand and you start a footwear brand and, you know, you, you get some investors and then you, you blow up and then you're like, all right, let's, let's move this thing out and let's, let's start churning these things and we can make, you know, we can make dollars on the scent and, you know, we can, we can really start start making a profit here. And, and I, with Hanwag, it was just kind of the exact opposite. It was, you know, no, let's continue to make a really good product. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And, you know, just know that growth is going to be very slow. I mean, because we're not going to budge on our bottom line. Our bottom line is our product. And so, you know, that's that's the 
I think that's the foundation of the brand. As far as, you know, the history goes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hundred and I think it's almost, it's 101, maybe turning 102. I mean, it's, it's over a century old and it was started by, so Han, Han Vogue is short for Hans Wagner, and he is the founder of the uh, of the brand. And he started it, you know, slightly north of Munich in a in a uh, in Bavaria, which is a village called Vierkirchen, I believe I'm pronouncing it right. And you know, it was mountaineering boots and you know ski boots, climbing boots. You know, we made ski boots in the '60s, and um, you know, we made some of the first, actually some of the first uh, boot packing boots uh, in Europe. So that's whenever you put your skis on your back and you can hike up. So they're basically like ski boots with like hiking tread on them. It was, it's crazy. I think I have a prototype somewhere in our, uh, in our office, but it's, you know, that was the, that, that wasn't what we started with. I mean, that was just something that we made along the way, but it was always, it was always trekking boots and hiking boots and just burly boots. Uh, built to last and you know we just didn't want to compromise with with our uh you know with our integrity and with our our kind of our brand dna um yeah i think it is i I hope that answers the question kind of yeah but there isn't there like some pretty interesting lineage there with uh brothers and and things like that oh yeah no 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 for sure so so hans so hans wagner and Lawrence Wagner were brothers and Lawrence Wagner started Lova or Loa as we know in the U S. And so there was Loa and Hanwag and Loa, you know, exploded, you know, they landed some early contracts. You're on early, early military contracts. And then they, they went over to the U S a lot sooner than we did. Um, you know, we, we haven't been in the U S for very long at all. And so, yeah, I mean, there was, there was this, this really cool story about two brothers, bootmakers, and, and um, yeah, they both started successful boot brands. And um, we got, let's say we, we first, I mean, we first hit into North America, I believe, through the way of Canada. So, you know, our presence in Canada is a lot larger than, than our presence in, uh, in the U.S., but um yeah, that's that's the lineage of of Hanvog. You know, it was it was uh, yeah, two brothers, and and um, there was Loa and and Hanvog. Yeah, yeah, because I think you know, at least for myself, the 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 Loa boots, I see a lot of their like speed hikers like type boots. Um, you know, when we do the tack events and stuff like that. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, when I was like I said. I told you earlier, as far as like the pronunciation and stuff, like I try to go back and try and figure out like who I'm talking to, why I'm talking to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And I was like, man, that's pretty wild. And then, you know, to be around for that long, um, you got to be doing something right for the most part. Right. So one of the things you said there is where you, you started with like mountaineering boots and you've got kind of like a, a background in, in mountaineering. So let's, let's kind of get into like, the structure of boots and things like that, you know? So when I first started planning my first trip out to Colorado, uh, Idaho, uh, in 2018, we are looking at boots and, you know, there's a couple of things that, that stick out, right? So there's like a, a mountaineering style boot. And I, I think the, the boots that, that I got from you, um, 
that's what I would think of as a mountaineering style boot, but I don't believe that it really is. But I think from a Midwestern standpoint, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and then you get some sticker shock with these prices of like what these cost and like how that all works out because, you know, we here, I think in the Midwest and uh, up until, like I said, when you really start to look in <laughs> into, you know, whether it's ultra light gear or, you know, gear for the mountain, like you get sticker shock real quick, whether it's for packs or trekking poles or bipod, tripod, any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So those were some of the things for me, like looking at it going like, Oh my gosh. So from that standpoint, like from like a mountaineering boot, like I said, I told you like before, like, can you go through like what, some of these terms mean, um, uh, in terms of like when someone says like this has like a one flex, two flex, three flex, five flex soul or whatever, and like deer hunting redneck terms, like these are hey dudes and these are ski boots, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. No, no, no. And you know, the way honestly, really like what it comes down to, you know when, when you're talking about footwear, um, you know, a lot of people in a lot of different companies, they, they like to overcomplicate things, um, you know, flex ratings and all of this, really what it comes down to is the lasting board or the shank. And so, you know, if you have, if you have a boot that is stiffer. So say like there's boot A and boot B. Boot A is significantly stiffer. You know, let's use the the terminology you use. Let's let's take the ski boot and let's take the hey dude. So what you know you're you're thinking, okay, well obviously the ski boot is significantly stiffer. It's more supportive. It's more structurally sound or whatever. And then you have the hey dude, which is very, very forgiving and and very flexible, form fitting. It's it's you know it's it's softer. It all comes down to, you know, what type of lasting board are you using? Does it have a lasting board? Now, what a lasting board is, is now, and before I get too in the weeds here, a lot of people use the word shank and a lot of, you know, and, and so basically what that means is that when you're building a boot, a shoe or anything, you, you first start with a last, which is that fake wooden foot and you build the shoe around it. It's basically like the reverse of a stencil. You know, it's like the, the, the shape of the foot, the fake foot. It's a wooden, uh, it's a wooden fake foot and you're building the shoe around it. You create the upper, you know, whether it's leather, synthetic material, um, and then you have the base of it which is the tread, you know, the, the big outsole, that big piece of black rubber that's on the bottom of the boot. Well, in between that is the lasting board. So the lasting board or the shank is the structural support. So that is basically in between the material of the boot and the rubber tread that people call the outsole. And then there's, and people would say, you know, we'll, we'll get into the, we'll get into midsole later, but you know, is, is the lasting board now, however thick that lasting board is, whatever material it's made out of, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's, it's fiberglass, whether it's carbon, whether it's steel, whether it's aluminum, that's going to dictate 
the stiffness of the boot. So, you know, if you have a boot like um, the Sirius GTX, which is our, you know, hardcore mountaineering boot. Um, so it's a boot that uh, Donnie Vincent's quite a, a big fan of. That's a that's a, a hardcore mountaineering boot that's got a lot of structure. That's got a thicker um, that has a thicker lasting board that has a stick a thicker shank. Um, and one of the reasons why it does is because you know it's built to support a crampon. And so if you need a crampon and you're putting spikes on your on your boot and you're gonna ice climb or scramble you need that rigid structure structural support because if it's too soft um the crampon could fall off your foot could bend you wouldn't get enough traction when you're trying to climb up something um and then you know you compare that to you know something with uh, a thinner lasting board like um something in our line would be the Macra Light, for example. It's a little more supportive, it's a little more forgiving. So, you know, that's the that it, it all comes down to, you know, the um the lasting board, aka the shank. You know, some people will say, is it a full shank boot? Meaning that it's stiff from toe to heel. You know, some boots are stiff from heel to, you know, midfoot, you know, like right underneath like the balls of your feet. So it's stiff there, but then it's soft at the toe box. Um, and, you know, people get into the people get really into the weeds of like what they prefer. Um, but, you know, it definitely comes down to that piece of material in the shoe, um, you know, and, and, Companies will use any sort of proprietary blends to make their lasting boards, um, but or or shanks, if you will. So, yeah, it's uh, it comes down. It kind of comes down to that. So, yeah, as far as like flex ratings go, I mean, every brand is different. So every brand has their own different rating. You know, um, I, I asked I asked um, some of the, some of the members of the German team. I was like, so what kind of shank do we use? And they go. We don't use the we, we we don't use the we don't use shank. <laughs> you know, shank is actually a term from where where it originates from is actually from dress shoes. When you make a when you would make a, a traditional leather dress shoe, it came with a, a a piece of metal like a like a bar in the shoe that that uh, helped correct uh, people's posture, and uh, you know prisoners would wear those shoes. And uh, they would take those shanks out of those shoes, and the term "shanking someone" came from. <laughs> it's, uh, it all came from from yeah the, uh, the 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 dress shoe. But anyway, nowadays in modern footwear technology, they just yeah it's it's a, it's it's essentially a lasting board. So uh, when you're talking about that, you know, you give you gave the uh, example of like that mountaineering boot and the. Macra like lighter boot. Yeah, yeah. So what uh what is necessary for a run of the mill you know elk hunt um type yeah. boot. So hiking you know for most of us it's a it's a bow hike, right? We're not we're not cramping on anything generally speaking. I mean, at least the, I would say like that 99.9% of the listeners of this podcast aren't doing any ice climbing or going across any, you know, giant 
anything where they're going to have to tie off and do anything like that. So what is, what is necessary and where are some of these boots? Um, Cause I think that that's one of the things that we have no idea. Right. So right. A, we don't know what we're going to get into and then B it's all foreign. So it's like, is more expensive better or is cheap, you know, and everybody's on like some sort of budget. So you're trying to figure out like where to, where to land. So what is necessary? So we're talking about, um, these, uh, different lasting boards and, yeah. you know, a lot of these boots have, uh, a rand around them or like the rubber mm-hmm. all the way yeah, around. Yeah. Um, and then you got synthetic, you got leather, you got a mixture of both. Like what, you know, what is necessary for someone who would be, coming from the Midwest, who's going to spend 99% or, you know, 90% of the time in this boot in, you know, relatively tame country. And then 25% of the time out in, you know, Montana, Idaho, pick a Western state. Yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, I think it comes down to, you want it, you want it waterproof. You would, You'd want it to have enough ankle support. Ankle support's huge. You'd want it to be um, supportive. So supportive in the sense that you'd want it moderately stiff, but uh, you'd still want some flexibility to it. Um, and you'd want it to be durable. I mean, the rubber rand kind of plays into to, to key there. I mean, it's it's a, a, a rubber rand continuously wrapped around the boot. So you know, wear points. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same wear points as something that wouldn't have all of that, but really, yeah. I mean, waterproofing ankle support, um, and then yeah, structural support. Um, and yeah, some, some mid, some mid grade stiffness. I mean, you know, because if you have something too soft, it's going to beat the crap out of your feet. Um, And if you have something too stiff, then it's going to hurt your, um, it's going to hurt your Achilles tendon because, or, or your, uh, or the front of your shin, because there's no give. And so your leg is bumping in between kind of where your ankle sits or sorry, where where your shin sits in the, uh, um, where your ankle support is. So, you know, you need, you need a good amount of both. And I think, you know, honestly, it's and most importantly, it's got to be comfortable. I mean, it's got to be comfortable. It's got to have a good fit, you know. And I think fit is uh, well, fit is fit is paramount. I mean, you could have all of the previous ingredients that I just laid out, but if the fit doesn't doesn't work for you, then you're going to get blisters. You're going to get you know um, some abrasion points on your foot, and it's going to ruin your entire hunt. It's going to ruin you know the entire time you're out there. I mean, you won't even be able to focus because you're in pain. So, you know, I think, for example, I think one of the boots that I think it was the boot I sent you, I think I sent you the Ancash. Um, that, that's, that is a perfect example of a boot that kind of covers everything. Um, because it's got a, uh, it's got a wider base. So like, you know, splaying that's something that i didn't know about before i i started kind of in this career path but splaying is basically when you put pressure on your foot so like 
remember when you, we were kids and you'd go to like the footwear store or the, the shoe store and they'd be like, all right, let me, let me measure your foot while you're sitting now, stand up. All right, let me measure your foot again. And when you, when you stand up, you know, your foot, there's pressure on your foot. And so your toes splay and your foot, you know, your foot splays out. And so one of the reasons why we created the straight fit extra, so SF extra is what we call it, but that's for splaying. You know, it's not just a, a wider fit, it's a wider base. And the difference between the two is that, you know, there's higher volume, um, there's higher volume shoes, meaning there's more room in the entire boot for like a, like a fatter foot, if you will. But then there's, but not everyone needs that. They actually just need a wider base for the splaying and especially hunters and, and bow hunters in particular and, and elk hunters, you know, you have a large pack on your back, you know, you, you carry out meat. I mean, it's a lot of weight. And so, um, I would say that that's a crucial, um, that's a, that's a, that is a, a crucial ingredient in a good piece of footwear that you might not think about, you know, when you're, when you're buying your shoes. And unfortunately, you know, we learn these lessons three hours, four hours, five hours into our hunt. And by that point, it's too late and our feet are killing us. So, you know, it's, it's really important to, you know, kind of master the fit thing and then figure out, you know, okay, do I need something stiffer? Do I need something softer? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's no one boot fits all kind of scenario. You know, it, it, it definitely always comes down to the person. But in my experience, you know, that happy medium of both, I think if you were to get one, one boot to kind of do it all, you know, you, you'd probably want, you know, ankle support, waterproofing, good fit and comfort. So from, there's a couple things there that guys that are listening are going like, okay, that's all well and good, but if fit is the most important thing and yeah. I have to order them offline because there isn't anybody around or, you know, I'm taking your word for it or I've seen them and okay, he likes them. So I'm going to give him a shot. How do you master that fit from a thousand miles away? And then two, as I'm comparing and contrasting boots online and looking at them, what are some of these uh, buzzwords or descriptors that I can read in a description that tells me that I'm going to get those? features that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, ultimately in the perfect world, you, you could go to a boot store and try them on. Now, if you don't have that option, you know, well, and, and online shopping today is, has, is very accommodating. I mean, you can, you can order a pair of boots and put them on and try them out and you can ship them back, you know, as long as you don't, you know, go run through the mud in them, you know, and most brands are, are pretty accommodating in that. I know we're accommodating like that as well. We have to be. So, you know, I would say things to look for. I mean, for us specifically, it's, um, it's going to be, you know, our fit story. So, you know, 
know, straight fit extra is kind of what I highlighted earlier. Straight fit extra is going to have that wide base. Then we also offer a wide fit, but that's a regular base, but a wider upper. So say you fit kind of a regular foot, like you're, you're, you wear like a traditional size shoe, but you just have a wider foot. It's just a higher volume up top of the foot. Then a wide would be better off for you. Our standard fit is pretty. I would say that the standard Hanwag fit is comparable to any sort of like mass produced shoe ba- metrics. You know, like I always tell people, like w- whatever you wear in Vans footwear is what you'd wear in Hanwag. Um, so it's the the standard fit is we don't we don't run narrow. We don't run wide. It's it's pretty true to size all around. We also make bunion. We make a, a bunion fit, so it's wider in the sense where the where the bunion traditionally sits on the on on the inside of the like the ball of your foot below your uh, your big toe, for example. But so we make a we make a bunion foot or a bunion a bunion fit, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the message to if anyone's looking on on the website, you know, pay attention to whether it's straight fit extra wide, you know, if 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 we don't call out a size, it's just standard fit. And um and then of course the bunion option, if you know that you have a bunion, um then that's a that's a no-brainer. But um most folks are pretty happy with our standard fit. And if they say they are a wide foot or they like more room in their in the toe box, then go straight fit extra. And then if you really like, you know, just if you're like if you if you're really in tune to your foot and you know that you just have a higher volume foot, you know, you like you're like, man, my foot is like busting out of the top of most shoes that I wear, then the wide fit is for you. But we've been pretty successful with um, with the straight fit extra. And, you know, I will say, um, and one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that, so we are, Hanwag is owned by Phoenix, which is owned by, that's our parent company uh, in North America. And we are all in global rather, but we also, they also own Fiel Raven. So if you're near a Fiel Raven brand store, I believe there's 30 something across the U S you can go to a Fial Raven store and you can try on a pair of Hanwags and they'll order you a pair free of charge to try on. And, um, they're extremely accommodating over there. So, you know, that's not, you know, it's not the same brand. It's two different brands, but they do carry our footwear. So if you're not near a retailer, but you know, you're near a Fial Raven store, um, it's very easy for you to go in and try on any of our our keys, our key styles in the assortment. You can always ask a staff member, "Hey, I, I can you order me a pair of Alaskas and Alaska Wides? Can you order both of those? Can I try on both? Is that okay?" The answer is always yes. Like they're more than happy to do it because even if you don't buy them, worst case scenario, they put them in our inventory and we'll sell them to the next person. So no big deal there. Um, yeah. So with materials, um, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, leather, we've got a mixture, we've got synthetic. Yep. What, in, in what, you know, one of our, uh, 
kind of things that we've noticed over the years with different kind of boots is that having a mixture of the different things, it seems like you always have some sort of a leak or some sort of an issue. So if you get an all leather upper, uh, it seems like in our experience, it's been better. Like from, from your perspective, from a waterproofing standpoint, like how do you choose a boot that's going to be the most waterproof down to the worst waterproof and then care for like extra waterproofing or, you know, just overall maintenance to, to prevent leaks and things. Well, first off, leather is key. Leather is key. Leather is, you know, I apologize to all the vegans out there, but but leather is leather is superior to synthetic every time. I mean, like, but do both materials stretch? Absolutely. Synthetic will stretch right back to its original fit if you dry it out. Leather does not. Leather molds to your foot. You're going to break in a pair of leather boots. It's going to fit the best. And um, it's just, it's superior material and there's a reason for it. Now, when it comes to waterproofing, so, you know, more often than not, when boots are waterproof, when they have the Gore-Tex hang tag on there, what that means is that they stitched a Gore-Tex, they they stitched Gore-Tex material on the inside of the boot. So it's not like, oh, you know, I bought some Gore-Tex boots. Well, and you bought some leather boots or you bought some synthetic boots and then the inside of the boot, they have a layer of Gore-Tex. So that's the waterproof material is on the inside of the boot. Now, if you have a synthetic boot that has the Gore-Tex membrane, well, synthetic material tends to hold water and absorb water faster than leather. So you know, you often hear stories of people buying synthetic boots that tend to wet out um, faster than leather boots. And that's because the outer material is not nearly as durable or naturally waterproof like leather is. Um, and thus, cre- you know, eventually causing the the shoe to wet from the outside in. And, you know, Gore-Tex is not the perfect material. I mean, there's a water column rating on every piece of Gore-Tex and, you know, the story behind Gore-Tex is not waterproof. The The story behind Gore-Tex is waterproof and breathable. So, because you have to have a breathability rating because what happens if there is, you know, you said before, you know, you're like the ultimate waterproof. Well, the ultimate waterproof is a piece of plastic wrapped around your foot. But what happens if you wrap a piece of plastic around your foot? Well, then your foot can't breathe and it sweats from the inside, thus creating moisture on the inside of the boot because now you're sweating because your foot can't breathe. So that's the same thing. You're actually, you ended up, you know, what you didn't want, right? Uh, I always made that joke whenever I was talking about rain jackets because people were like, well, what's the water column rating? You know, like what's, what's the water, what's the waterproofing? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, 30 K, which means, you know, 30,000 millimeters of water before it, it wets, you know, it, it participates or it leaks through. And they're like, well, isn't there like one that doesn't have any, and it's just permanently waterproof. I'm like, yeah, that's a sheet of plastic. <laughs> like you can't, you know, so 
really it's it's the classic balance of of waterproofing and breathable and you know leather on the outside because as people say leather is nature's gore-tex so you know could you get could you buy a pair of waterproof boots and walk through you know a marsh or like a puddle or or like a low creek bed with some water running through it and be okay absolutely fine yeah of course could you completely submerge your foot in water for you know hours on end and expect it to be dry absolutely not um so you know it, it's also it, it comes from like mindful you know mindful trekking to also um to also just yeah i mean the the raw materials in in the boot so yeah i mean i guess to answer your question you know le- a leather boot with a gore-tex membrane is is crucial um that's that's where you're going to find the most success um and then you know we also make leather line boots i mean there's there's boots that have no gore-tex in them at all and um are lined with leather and you know those have their advantages as well because you know say you're wearing some leather lined boots and you go through some rain and and maybe your feet get wet um you're on a multi-day you're on a multi-day hunt backpacking trip you you lie your boots out you know rip out the tongue, you know, pull the tongue out rather and just let it, let it dry. That leather line boot is going to dry faster than something with the Gore-Tex membrane in it. And so, you know, it's, um, there's, there's many ways to go, go about it, but, you know, Gore-Tex does a good job with the material that they, that they create. And I think leather is naturally just a, a, a superior fabric, or I guess you can't really say fabric, superior material um so yeah yeah that's that's what i would look for so so again what about the 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 care for the leather and synthetic material if you do have a uh, because i mean obviously you sell boots that are mixed materials synthetics all of that so what is the care for those types of uh materials to try and help that waterproofing um as well as is there a proper care for the gore-tex liner yeah yeah and, and uh, honestly i'd say like 90 percent of our boots are leather i mean even the even the very colorful boots i mean that's just suede leather um but um and, and when they're a synthetic hybrid that could be just meaning that the tassels and the you know the lace loops and the upper might be like dyneema um you know, so, but yeah, for the most part, it's all, it's all leather as well, but the care for it, I mean, you know, really, honestly, it depends on where you are. You know, if you're, if you're where I am and you're in the high desert, in Colorado, you're going to want to wax your boots at least once a year. Um, I know we, we sell wax, we sell care products. I know that, but I mean, the, the main ingredient in our care products is beeswax. So, you know, if you you go to any Western store, any cowboy boot store, you know, there's there's tons of treatments there. But really, the main ingredients is beeswax. And really, why that's important is you just you want to make sure that you're maintaining that leather. You may, you want to make sure that you know you're you're um, you're keeping it kind of moist, and also the waxing also offers some waterproofing too. It's 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 it's, it's basically the same as like spraying scotch guard on a pair of jeans if you want to go ski in jeans you know it's it's basically just creating a, a layer 
of, you know, natural DWR coating, you know, it's that, that wax layer and that soaks right into the leather. And it's, it's, it's just a good way to treat the leather. And, you know, by waxing the leather, it's as simple as getting a can, sticking your fingers, you know, and, and just rubbing it around the boot. You could do it with a paper towel. It's not a sophisticated process at all. I mean, I, I waxed my boots probably about a week ago and it was not, I got a paper towel and <laughs> just rubbed it on my boots. It's not, it's not, there's nothing technical about it. You know, it's pretty old school. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's the proper care of, of a leather boot. You just, you know, if you're, if you're taking it through the ringer, you're going on a long trip, you know, um, just make sure you wax them once a year. It's, you know, I, I do it every fall before it snows. And so you had mentioned, um, you know, depending on where you are and you being in the high desert, is that because, um, it'll dry out and, and, dry, and, yeah. and so if you're not in, you know, that sort of thing still once a year, but it's not once a week or once a month, unless you're out baking in the sun or something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's kind of by feel, you know, it's like for me, uh, it's, it's drier over here. So I've got to, you know, wax them once a year just to maintain because of the lack of humidity. But even where you're somewhere where it's pretty humid, you know, you're, you're in the Midwest, you're, you're in Texas, you're in Missouri, you know, it's, it's pretty humid over there. I mean, that, that also has, you know, waxing also has some really important properties in it as well. I mean, it, it, it can, fight off like mold, you know, from the outside, you know, it's, you're, you're basically just applying like a coating around the boot that, you know, preserves it from either a harsh dry climate or a humid climate. You know, it, it, it all just depends on kind of what, what affects the boot. You know, it, it's kind of, the, it's the same argument as like, um, like an acoustic guitar, you know, you go to a, you go to a guitar center and you go to the acoustic guitar section in Colorado, they've got a humidifier in there, right? You go to a, you go to a, a guitar center in the Midwest in the acoustic center, they've got a D or they've got, yeah, they've got a dehumidifier in there, you know? So it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's just basically fighting the elements. So, um, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still the, the proper use of, or the proper application of, of putting that, that treatment on the boot. So, uh, you know, you said a lot of good things about leather and the material, material, how it's superior, all these things. Yeah. Now, one of the questions that came up, you know, is in, 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 even in asking this question, like I'm, I'm thinking it through in my head and I'm like, well, it's kind of silly because, you know, these guys are paying the same amount of money for a pair of work boots, but they're just in them every day. So they want to know, like, what is the difference between like their work boots that have a decent lug on them? You know, so there are some that are just for concrete with a softer sole and some that, you know, are kind of like outdoor work boots, but like a, a good leather work boot, what sets apart like a good, hunting leather hunting boot from a good leather work boot you know so it's it's interesting too because i'd have to i guess i'd almost have to examine i guess the said work boot but you know 
we because what the, what's funny is where my head automatically goes is we sell a lot of a lot of our boots are sold as as work boots. Um, you know the the Alaska GTX, for example, that's a Canadian tough guy work boot. You know, that's a that's a you know a, a Pacific Northwest you know uh, Minnesota you know boot, and so you know off more often than not a lot of these a lot of these good work boots are you know outdoor hiking boots but if you're thinking of like okay so let's for for the sake of of the question let's let's say okay like a pair of like cat like a pair of cat work boots that have a good lug on them they're very comfortable they're very durable they probably have a steel toe you know they probably you know um they're probably got a, a lot of ankle support you know but, you know, is that boot going to be structurally supportive for a long hike? It may protect you against something falling on your toe, but is that steel toe, you know, is that necessary for a long hunt where you're spending hours hiking? I mean, that weight of of those materials that are keeping your foot safe in a work environment may hinder you you know, six hours in the backcountry on no trail. So, you know, it's like almost like we're, it's almost like you have a boot for protection for working in, you know, dangerous environments. If you, if you're you're working construction or, or welding, and then you also have a boot where you're like, Hey, I need something that I gotta, I gotta walk in for a long time. And I need that, you know, the lug patterns just, it's not a, it, it's kind of not really like a, a fix all, you know, you need something that has like a concaved fit. So it kind of, it rocks as you walk, or it's got to have some, uh, some forgiveness, you know, when you're, uh, when you're trekking. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, I would, I would suggest, you know, having, you know, if, if you are the type of, if, if, if you are the customer where you work day in and day out in a good pair of work boots, you know, I'd save those for work. I'd save those for protection and I would get something that, you know, is built for, um, you know, mobility, something that is built for a long, long hours on, you know, on the trail or in the backcountry, something that's going to be more supportive in that regard. And so for, for yourself, um, for the, the mountain or whatever, like, yeah, what do you prefer? Like out of your line, like what's your like go-to boot for, you know, kind of all the things we've outlined. Right now I am running the Tatra top. Um, I, I wear the Tatra top and the mocker light. Um, I wear the Tatra top for, yeah, just long backpacking trips. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to go on a, supposed to go on a hunt here. Um, yeah, I'm terrified. But yeah, I, I, I run the Tatra top. I like, I like the Tatra fit. Um, it's basically a traditional, um, trekking boot. It's, um, it was built for, uh, German Sherpas. They're called porters. And so, um, a lot of ankle support, a lot of structural support. It's pretty stiff. Um, 
And then the top is just a higher, it's a high top version of the Tatra. It's a mid. I really like that one a lot. It, it broke in relatively quickly and, and I, I just, I, I can't kill it. So it's the one I have. Um, but I wear the Mocker Light because um, the, that's what I wear on like approaches, you know, for like, you know, Alpine approaches, summertime when I'm going up into the Alpine um, and I don't need a big heavy boot. I need something softer, but I still need ankle support from years of sucking at skateboarding and having horrible ankles. I, I have to have ankle support. And so, um, yeah, I, and that's kind of built like a, it's, it's kind of got an approach shoe kind of fit to it. So it's easier to, uh, to get across like granite slabs and stuff like that. So, yeah, but, but I'd say the one that I, that I'd go to would be like the, the Tatra top, you know, it's a leather, leather boot, high top Gore-Tex. Um, and then it's got, it's got a really solid, um, it's got a really solid, uh, lasting board on it too. So it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's, it's not too stiff, but stiff enough. It's not very soft. Um, it's just, uh, that's, that's kind of my, that's, that's my go-to right now. That's the one that I, I, um, I really like. Uh, one other thing that I just popped into my mind when we were talking about this, um, one of the other questions is like from, uh, uh, customer service support type standard, um, you know, getting a hold of somebody, all of that stuff. Like, so you're based out of Colorado. I'm assuming that there's a United States division or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as like resoling these boots, like if you need that. And then like, I rem- remember like opening up the box and kind of going through all the stuff. And it said something of the, to the nature of like, you know, these boots should be inspected like every four to six years. And I was like, well, that's, I, I mean, that's somewhat reassuring, right? It's like, it's not, it's not that, you know, that, that we need to see them every six months or, you know, every year or something like that. Um, like four but, or six years. Yeah. yeah. So, long time. so the, uh, but like for resoling or anything like that, like, you know, for like long-term care or, or whatever for these boots, like what's the support like? No, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because so, First off, uh, yeah, all of our boots are are resolable. So all of our boots are fully resolable. Everything that we make is is built to all the soles are made to come right off and be attached right back on. And we have uh, two cobblers or two two resole centers in the U.S. One is in the Pacific Northwest, one is in Colorado, but it doesn't really matter where they're located because you can find out that information on our website under our warranty department. Um, Also, all of our boots come with a two-year warranty. So two years, you're good to go. Even after that two years, you can still get your boots resold. Um, Depending on what kind of resole and what kind of repair you need, um, it could be anywhere from 40 to a hundred dollars to $120, just depending on what you need. I mean, it's a, a case by case scenario. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, um, we see boots from 20 years old to eight years old being resold. 
Um, you know, once you've got a good boot that you've broken in and you've taken good care of or whatever, and you just love them, um, you know, you can send that to the, to a, a resource center. You, you, you do it through us, through our website. Um, our, our North American headquarters is in, uh, is in Colorado, um, right outside of Boulder and, you know, our, um, our warehouse is in Aurora outside of Denver. And, um, yeah, we, we work as a filter through getting, getting boots taken care of. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, in my opinion, I, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome program. And, um, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing more developments on that, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, cause we're, we're still in the early phases too, cause we, we buy all of our souls when we buy our boots. So it's, we're learning like what, what souls we need to, to stock up on more than others. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, we take care of, uh, we take care of our customers, um, for sure. You know, when it comes to repairs and resoles and warranty and everything like that, we're not going to sell you a, we're not going to sell you a, a $400 boot and then say, all right, see you later. You know, we're, we're trying to be the last boot you'll ever buy. Uh, I, I say that with like a, a couple other things like, Somewhat, that's a terrible business model because <laughs> we just want to sell you one thing. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's great, you know, for the opposite of Apple. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, for what, uh, like major retailers or if someone was like, okay, if there was one place that I was going to go to see a Hanvog boot, like, where would I go? As far as major retailers go. Um, let's see. Well, it depends on where you are. Um, you know, if you were over in, um, if you were over on the East coast, I would say go visit, um, Outland USA. They've got a beautiful storefront there. Um, it's gonna, it's over in, I think Nashville, I believe. If you're out in, uh, in the desert area, go, go visit, go hunt. Those are good friends of ours. Um, Go Hunt's got a beautiful showroom. They carry a wide variety of, uh, of, of footwear that we, uh, that we, I mean, a, a wide variety of Hanwag. And, um, if you are, let's see, I mean, well, and also, you know, the Fiel Raven stores as well. Um, let's see, you've got, we've got a lot of online retail partners. Uh, let's see what else I'm trying to think of another of another store that would another large storefront that I would recommend. I would say I'm trying to think off the top of my head of as far as like, Oh, um, if you're in Utah, go to Gary's shoes South of salt Lake. Um, those guys, old school, old school boot fitter. And, um, he carries our, our footwear as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd say the feel Raven stores, those, those retailers that I just rattled off right there, as far as like store funds, Oh, backcountry experience in Colorado, um, in, in Durango backcountry experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably, I, those are the ones that come to my head. I, I, I don't have my account list in front of me. <laughs> sure. Forgive, sure. But uh, yeah, those are the guys that we've worked with for a long time. So. Yeah. I just didn't know if there was like a shields or something where it would be like, okay, 
this is this is some common denominator where we can oh, check yeah, them yeah, out, yeah. you know. But uh, but definitely go hunt. And I know that we've we've seen them on there, and uh, it's not you know it's it's not a it's not a new brand, but it's definitely you know one that you you don't see all the time. So uh, I I really enjoy being able to have this like long form conversation, kind of like about the the brand and how everything. Um, you know, as tra- transpired as well as like what to look for, um, in yeah. the boots and everything. So if people have questions or concerns, anything, um, you know, they, they, they want to know more, um, other than just at this podcast, like what, where's the best place for them to go to, um, uh, get any of their questions answered or anything like that. You know, I would say right off the bat, I'd say, go to our, go to our website, hanwag.com. Uh, just how it's how it's spelled, hanwag.com. That's where you're going to find all the information, our brand story. Also, if you're on Instagram, I would I would suggest giving Hanwag Hunting underscore NA for North America. So Hanwag Hunting underscore NA. That's where you're going to find uh, like all of our hunt content. I think I give product reviews on there as well. Um, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be doing some, some collaborations with Donnie Vincent on there as well. Um, Santino Castellanos, a good friend of mine, also a Colorado dark horse bow, bow hunter himself. Um, he's on there quite a bit too. And so we're, we, we, we pump out a lot of information on our, on our social media site. And, uh, I say site, uh, we don't have, you know, we don't have a Facebook. I don't think we do. Maybe we should. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. <laughs> But, but yeah, um, yeah. So Instagram and um, and then you know, there's also some some uh, overview videos on YouTube as well, as far as boot care goes. And and um, but yeah, I'd say our, our website hanwag.com and uh, hanwag hunting underscore na. Um, yeah, that's those are that's where you can find us. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate the time and uh, definitely be. Uh, be following along with your upcoming hunt. I can't wait to. We'll have to uh, reconvene on on that one. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of go through that. So I appreciate the time. Of course, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. And good luck with your hunt in Colorado. I, I should have asked you where you're going. Uh, well, th- that's one of those uh, you can't talk about that on the podcast uh-huh. because you know it's it's all the spot saving. But uh, now we'll be. Okay. Uh, somewhere around like Grand Junction area. Somewhere around there. No worries, man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that's awesome, dude. Well, uh, can't wait to talk to you again, man. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Yeah, take care.